Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 46 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on X at Emerald Flow Show, and you can listen to us on all major podcast apps. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. And if you're feeling generous, you can uh, donate to us at voicesofwrestling.com slash donate. I'm Gerard here with Paul. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Just, not just, but like spent some time in London for all in and some wrestling in general. Had a really fun time. That's good. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I actually met up with Andrew, who I recorded with a while ago as well. Uh, I mean, actually, this is like our first episode together in a while now. Not that yes, I think it about is. it. <laughs> it is. We're back together finally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the both after... of us were on assignment. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. And a lot's happened. And a lot is going to happen. Uh, any sort of uh, notes of interest to our listeners in London? Um, I mean, I don't think there really was. A... I mean, obviously, Osprey was there and we're going to see him and Noah real soon. Um, otherwise, there weren't really that many people I think that really would are going to pop up on Noah shows anytime soon. But who knows? Who I mean, knows now that it seems like they have a like relationship with progress and everything, then I mean, it might be something we'll we'll touch on a bit later as well. So there might be some people that I've seen that might pop up on Noah at some point soon. So uh, yeah, well, we we shall have to see about that. <laughs> 
Well, we'll start with Noah, and we go to the N1 finals on uh, September 3rd, which actually feels like way longer than nine days ago, in all honesty, <laughs> at Osaka Edigan Arena number one in front of 2,121 fans, which is down from last year. Yeah, like significantly as well. Like, I think it's down by like, I think about 800, 900 people. Yeah. So, like, that's bad. Like, yeah, that's and mo- some people have pointed out that like out had like Mudo's last match and Osaka and like Great Okan or whatever. But I mean, regardless of all of that, that means that there were 800, 900 people that you couldn't convince to come back next year without that guy. Like, I think that you just have to classify that as a failure. You could also argue that there are bigger names in the main event of this show, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like think Go versus Keno versus Hideki versus Kaido. Yeah. I think, I mean, Kaido, I think we can maybe make some arguments around, but I think Hideki definitely is less of a draw than either Keno or Go. Yeah. So we start off with Kaifu Jamara and Taishi Ozawa defeating Mohamed Yone and Yu Owada in 837 with a missile kick from Ozawa on Owada. Ozawa's now getting wins over rookies and everything. And this was a solid mm-hmm. enough opener but uh i'm sure you can f- figure out how this uh goes in your head really yeah pretty much pretty much i mean i i like the pro- like the progression that i've seen from ozawa so far so i think he's coming along nicely not yet sure what to make of Owada, but again like it's a very small sample size at this point well uh you know their uh dojo generally turns out good talent it's just whether they can hold on to them yeah, or they like get injured or like they retire or yeah, they exactly. don't develop them properly, but we might have to get to that later. Yeah. And then <laughs> first match on the show, Hayata and Ada versus Yohei and Tadis came into a 15 minute time limit draw. Uh, I was dreading watching this under Carbell, say in the end it wasn't that bad. And this was fine. I mean, a little long, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I like I watched this one live and I was just like, couldn't believe that they would actually just go to like a time limit draw. I mean, it, it mean it, the mat, it's better than it sounds, but I was still like, it was kind of testing my patience, not going to lie. Or like you go to a time limit draw, first match on the card, and it's, you do it with those guys. Yeah. The next up, we had you, Hiroyu Matsumoto, and Hibiscus Me defeating Miyuki Takase, Mayukihi, and uh, Natsu Sumari in eight minutes and 25 seconds with a diving body press from you on Sumari. Um, I mean, this was perfectly fine, but this is the problem with the no- the Noah women's division. It's there's nothing else happening. Yeah, it's no storyline. Like it's just matches that are happening. Like one match on the card that is happening in a vacuum. Well, also no in eight twenty five, you can't have much cooking. Yeah, no. I mean, this is very much like like it seems like. I mean, it almost seems like Noah is like the company that has a relationship with. Uh, AEW because they seem to be booking their women similarly to the way AEW is doing it. (laughs) Talking about Wembley, like the only women's match on there. I mean, went a similar amount of time and also had no storyline and was a random like multi-man. And then uh, Ahio did Dr. Wagner Jr. and Lance NOI defeated Adam Brooks and Stallion Rogers in 722 with a Wagner driver on uh, from Rogers uh, from Wagner on Rogers. I mean, there wasn't anything to this match. It wasn't bad. It was just boring. Uh, you know, Dylan and I talked about how we actually were sort of impressed with Anoa'i, at least put slotting him into a tag thing. But Brooks and Rogers are just very dry, mostly. Yeah, I, I actually think like Wagner and Anoa'i could be a really good team. Like, 
that's what I walked away with from this match. Uh, just looking at those two and be like, you know what? They both kind of like built like brick shed houses. So I think actually like they would. I think they actually make like a really cool, interesting team. And obviously, the important thing here is what happened after the match. Yes. Uh, well, I'll just say that before we get to that, I think someone like Wagner too can sort of carry the load for where Anna Y is weak. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think these two would match really well. And I think Noah has actually booked them together as well, like on future shows. So after the match, then we was revealed that Psycho Clown is the mysterious person sending letters to uh, Wagner and not someone worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that whole thing actually started in between like the last time you and Dylan recorded and, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so just quickly to recap, it's basically there was someone who like, sent a letter to like someone on the Noah roster. Like I don't think they even made it clear to whom. Although I think a lot of people immediately suspected that it was like sent to like Wagner basically. Um and yeah there was a lot of like sus- a lot of paranoia around who this was going to be, including myself. <laughs> because uh I, I don't even know where the whole like Alberto thing came from. That was the Just one that really confused me. They were assuming like who would Noah bring in yeah, I mean, not even I'm like that pessimistic. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was I was probably even worse. Like because some people were suspecting Alberto El Patron. Yeah. My thing immediately that I jumped to was Vampiro. Well, Vampiro he said, said, yeah, he had a contract with someone in Japan. Yes, yes, but there's also a reason why maybe you can't really trust Vampiro when he says stuff like that. Well, of course, because because the thing is, for me, if it had been Vampiro, I would have been genuinely like Alberto would have been really bad. Like on a similar way, like. The Elgin thing is bad. Was bad when they brought him in, mm-hmm. but bringing in Vampiri would have been like actually like just vile, basically. Like that man has dementia; mm-hmm. can't have him yeah. taking bumps. No, like and that's the other reason why it's like you know what? Maybe let's take it with a bit of a grain of salt when he says he has a contract in Japan. Because I'm again, he he literally has Alzheimer's. Like yeah. that man, like. Yeah, again, he should be literally anywhere except the ring at this point. So I was very happy when I saw Psycho come out. And also, I really like Psycho Clown as well. So this was really like a double whopper. But the one thing is, I'm sad that I actually already blew the load on like calling an episode the Global Honored Clown. Because <laughs> we could have done that now. So oh, yes, of course. need to think of something else. <laughs> um, My only critique of this, as fun as this, their max is probably going to be, is that like... It just distracts from the rest of the national title division. Yeah. But and also because like Sawyer would have been like a perfect yeah. guy. Like he's well, it could still be. Maybe they want to save it for a bigger thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we shall see. I mean I mean the the weird thing is like that that this like it's there is a lot of history there. Like I don't think a lot how much like a lot of like Noah fans are even aware of that. And I mean Psycho did mention that in the promo that he cut on Wagner. But again, yeah, it's in Spanish. Like I, I mean, I assume maybe Noah did some translations there. But like the story here is basically that Psycho is the guy that took like Dr. Wagner Jr. So he who the Dr. Wagner Jr. is that. Uh, he took his mask. And now he yeah. came to Noah to take his title. Like it's a pretty straightforward story, but like really effective, I want to say. It's just I hope that that's actually coming across to people. Mm-hmm. And then next up, uh, we had Manabu Soya, Suji Kondo, and Seki Yoshioka defeating Katsuhiku Nakajima, Hajime Ohara, and Junta Miyawaki in nine minutes and six seconds with a crash driver from Yoshioka on Miyawaki. 
Well, I mean, this was a nice little match for nine minutes, but once again, Milwaukee falling to Yoshioka, who's often a lost mm-hmm. post, is, uh, I would say, nothing's happening for, for Junta for a while. No, but I mean, it does make some sense because Yoshioka would then later challenge for the junior title as true, well. True, true. So, like, it's not that that it didn't go over, but yes, it's definitely very clear that Junta is still the last post. I mean, it seemed like they were trying to develop something there with Emma Maxa, but obviously Maxa is like out for a long time now. Yeah. So who knows if that whole thing just got dropped or like what they're going to do with him now. I mean, it's even weirder because he looks like Kaito Jr. now. Like <laughs> what a look. Very yeah. something you should definitely be emulating right now. Yeah, no, like it. I mean, to be fair, it makes a little bit of sense because Kaito was the guy that he had his match with before he went on excursion. Yeah. So, like, there is a connection there, but it's still like, like, this whole Junta thing is just like, like I said, just ever since they pretended he went back to Mexico, it's just been very weird. And then we had the four way survival match Dragon Payne defeated Ninja Mac, Alpha Wolf, and Alejandro in 11 minutes and 39 seconds. So, like, Alejandro defeated uh, Wolf with a jackknife fold in 759. Mac pinned Alejandro with a ninja bomb in 1045. Bane defeated Mac with a shooting star press in 1139. I mean, what did you expect? It was a bunch of high flying and, and not much else. Uh, if you enjoy Spot Fest, this was perfectly fine. I mean, good even. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, I thought it was actually probably placed in the right place on the card in all honesty, too. Yeah, no, I've, I also don't really have a lot more comments on that. Like, I think I agree the card placement was pretty good. Just a bunch of high-flying stuff, really fun. And, yeah, really just kind of there to build up, like, Dragon Bait and Alpha Wolf a bit more for, like, the junior tag title challenge and everything. And then uh, next up, we had Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green of the uh, good-looking guys defeating Saxon Huxley, Timothy Thatcher, and Hideki Suzuki in 11.56 with a cradle from Green on Huxley. And this is going to set up a t- tag title challenge down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, to be, that... I mean, I think when we all saw this match on the card, I feel like we all knew that that's where this was going, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and the match was perfectly fine for what it was and everything like that. Just uh, setting something up. And then for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title, Chris Ridgway and Daga defeated Atsushi Kotoge and Hiroki in 11.56 when Daga used the uh, Diablo wings on Hiroki for their first successful defense. Uh, you know, I thought this wasn't bad. And, you know, they got in and out in less than 12 minutes. And, I mean, it was kind of obvious that a team like Kotoge and Hiroki is just like a a filler. Def- well, it's a first defense, but also a filler one, really, for what's coming up next. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the first and last offense, unfortunately. Oh, you th- okay, so basically Bane and uh, Wolf, Alpha Wolf, Dragon Bane are going to challenge next, and you think they're going to win? Um, did you not hear the oh, news? Oh, sorry, yes. Chris Woodray had to <laughs> vacate the titles because of a family emergency or something. Yeah, yeah. He had yeah. to go back to the UK for, like, an emergency, so the titles are vacant. Yeah. And, yeah, it's going to be Ninja Mac and Alejandro. Oh, wait, didn't Alejandro get injured? Yes. So wait, what what's the match now? <laughs> this is getting really confusing. <laughs> oh, I don't know what the uh, is it um crap because I have it listed here as still Ridgeway and Daga. Uh, let I me mean, see. I mean, regardless of who like the actual like challengers, like regardless of who like the other team is, like it's very clear that like the the brothers are winning this. Like I think yes, I I it's probably would have second said time it's... that Ridgeway's had to vacate those titles. Yeah, it's really bad streak of luck for him there. Yeah. Um. 
But actually, like to be honest, I don't think it actually affects the result that much. I think actually the brothers probably were winning anyway. Oh, they still have it listed as Alejandro Ninja Mac. No, Alejandro was taken off shows because of a suspected concussion. So maybe I don't know. They're hoping he's back by then. I yeah, mean, I think there's a chance there. But I but I, I feel I, like the brothers were winning anyway because I think what is being said is that they are in Japan for the rest of the year. Mm. So it would make sense to give him a run right now. Um, you know, that does make sense. But I'm like, they gotta do something more with Mac. Because he's over. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they have him for you know, they're not gonna have him forever and everything like that. So that's just my rationale. Yeah, I mean he got that weird title, accidental title reign, and then yeah. I don't know that weirdly like I don't know if they had any plans for him beyond that but maybe that derailed them and they just never went back to it it's yeah it's it's very odd the spot that he's in now Mm -hmm. like where he's just there and he hasn't really done anything for like a year now Mm -hmm. but uh this will take the titles back probably in a high-flying direction yeah after uh you know uh, I mean obviously like I loved Ogawa and Ridgeway team and everything like that but um but the titles weren't really high-flying titles yeah, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's why I really liked like the Dead Ask and Yohei Rain because it just yes. really like inserted all of that energy. And now, if you put it on like Alpha Wolf and Dragon Bane, I think you can kind of get like that same energy, yeah, for sure. And then next, the Yoshihiki Inamura sendoff match now, Mijimaru Fuji, Takashi Sugera, and Masa Kitamiya defeated Yoshiki Inamura, Yuki Yoshioka, and Yuma Anzai in 1846 when you guessed it, Sugera pinned Inamura. With an Olympic slam. I thought this was pretty good. It took a few minutes to to um, warm up. But I thought once it got going, it was great. I thought the stuff between Sug- Sugiera and Inamura was great. And I thought Anzai also looked great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, the match itself was really, really fun. Um, but, I've, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't still don't know how I feel about this whole Inamura excursion. Mm-hmm. The progress. To progress, especially yeah, that 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 that's a rough choice. And I mean, they immediately booked him in a title match, right? He's facing RKJ for the Atlas title, at some point. Yes. He like his first match, isn't it? No, because he already had his first first match, which he lost. Oh, that's right. Yes, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they book him in a title match, but it's not his first match. So obviously, you're thinking. Hey, so if he's in a title match, that would mean that he's obviously going to win his first match in the promotion and because you want to make him a credible challenger. Well, nope. He goes in there with LJ Cleary and he loses. And then LJ Cleary gets a Noah contract. LJ Cleary is about the last person I expected to ever talk about on this podcast. Okay, I don't know anything about him. Um, Okay, I have very complicated feelings towards LJ Cleary. <laughs> and a lot of that is completely unrelated to him and is kind of unfair towards him as well. Mm. A lot of that is kind of rooted in the whole Irish scene of the like late 2010s, basically, when right. I was over there and went to all of the OTT shows. And he was like one of the like real like young up-and-comers. I really closely like tie him to that and obviously that whole thing is tainted now because of well everyone being a nonce or like an abuser or just a really shitty person and LG isn't so like let me just be clear like as far as I know 
LJ has never been accused of anything. Like I've only ever heard like good things about him as a person. It's just that when I see him, I am inevitably reminded of all of that. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I, I he actually was on a show in uh, in Berlin here, like at the beginning of the year that I went to the uh, light heavyweight cup, and I mean he did an admirable job there, but like it was a very weird situation for me seeing him in person and also being one of the few people there that actually knew who he was. Right. I mean, as far as he goes as a wrestler, I think he's a bad fit. I mean, a lot of people have surprised me coming into no and actually adapting really well. So maybe he will be able to, but just from what I remember seeing of him, I don't think he's a good stylistic fit with Noah. Mm. Um, like he was a member of this group called More Than Hype, uh, right. who are basically like this like yeah, up and coming like trio basically in OTT. And he was always kind of like the point guy because he was like the one that had like the most char- charisma and like the he was like the best talker of them as well. Whereas the other two were like the very clear like in-ring talents, but those two guys retired when like speaking out happened because they were just disgusted with the whole scene. And LJ is the one that stuck around basically because he still wanted to make it happen so obviously for him this is like a great chance i just think that like the other two would have been much better fit stylistically if they hadn't retired Mm -hmm. or all three of them would have actually been really interesting if they had brought them in as a trio but obviously that's purely hypothetical right so i'm not sure how this is going to go like i like i said maybe he surprises me and he and he might have changed as well. Like I said, I haven't seen... I Like I saw him wrestle at the beginning of the year. He didn't blow me away there. But it also seemed like there, it seemed like the fire was out in his eyes. Like he just... Like, I'm, like I've actually thought that he was going to retire. Mm. He also like said his goodbye to like OTTs and everything. And I was like, oh, he's just done. Just based on what I saw him at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But other people have said that he's actually had matches. Like I think like in the summer basically where he that kind of reinvigorated his career and so who knows it's so like this really long-winded way of me saying like i have my doubts that this will work out but maybe there's a chance that he'll develop like he's still young as well like he's 24 Mm -hmm. which means that he's like i think at worst like the he's like either second or third youngest person in noah now oh really because even the trainees are sneaky old oh that's right yes because Azawa is like 26 already. Like, I think the currently the youngest person in Noah is, I think, Dragon Bane or Alpha Wolf. I don't remember which of them is younger. Because wow. the younger one, the younger brother is 23. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the bigger problem and everything like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. That that speaks, like, again, like, we have Inamura here. He gets sent off on this weird-ass excursion. He loses. And then you'd think maybe he'd get some respect like on his excursion but no he just immediately loses i mean maybe he wins the atlas title but like how does that look for progress where like this guy comes in gets booked in a title match loses his first match and then wins a title like Mm -hmm. that's weird as well but then if he loses the title match then he's a geek again because he just lost his first two matches yeah it's just yeah it's just like the inamura booking continues to be completely bizarre mm-hmm. so 
from there, we go to the GAC martial arts rules with Josh Barnett defeating Masakatsu Fudaki in 10 minutes and 21 seconds to TKO from the Northern Lights Bomb. Look, I, I know some people didn't like this. I thought it was perfectly fine. I liked how stiff it was and everything. So I did enjoy this match. But, you know, it was two old guys still rolling around yeah. on the ground a bit. Yeah, I, I just kind of had no use for this. Like, it was a little bit like on, on rewatch. It was better, I want to say, than at, at first I evaluated. But I was still like, I, I still don't really get why this was here. And like, it was made even worse by the fact that then afterwards, Burnett was just like, yeah, actually, we're just going to have another match. Just like, but why? Like, like this is... Like you won, like you won definitively with by TKO. Like why? What's the reason for you having another match? Mm-hmm. Like it just makes you look like like it makes Barnett looks like shit as well. Like he just knocked this guy out, and then he's just like, yeah, sure, let's just have another match. Like that just makes you look like a bully, like doesn't it? Like imagine in any <laughs> other like combat sport. Like imagine Mike Tyson in like whenever like his peak was, I forgot. Like he just knocked the guy out. And then he just, after the match, is just like, yeah, hey, sure, we can do this again. I just beat you easily. Why not? Like, what? Like, that's just completely backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this we're going to have more of this again. So I, I assume Barnett will be popping up again. Uh, your mileage yeah. may vary, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't hate it, uh, you know. But it's whether or not it's something that Noah should be focusing on, I think is... Uh... Yeah, like I said, and it would be less weird if he had just called out someone else and not had just been like, hey, Funaki, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. And then next up, we had Kaido Kiyomiya and Ryohei Oiwa defeating Zack Sabre Jr. and Yoshinari Ogawa in 24 minutes and 56 seconds of the modified Channing Wizards from Kiyomiya and Ogawa. I thought this was great. I thought that I love Saber and Ogawa working over Kaido's arm. Kaido also very underrated technical wrestler, which he demonstrated here. Uh, Oiwa, I think, carried himself very well in this too. And I was uh, surprised by the result. I thought like Zach was going to tap Oiwa. Mm-hmm. So this was very, that was a pleasant surprise and the right decision really in the end and everything. And so I think it gets uh, Oiwa's uh, excursion to Noah off to a good start. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought this was, yeah, I thought this was awesome. And, yeah, they actually got the booking right for once. I think that really helped. So, yeah, no, I, as you said, like, just great technical wrestling. Kaito's really, really, really underrated on that. Like, I would actually, like, put him right there with uh, Ogawa and uh, and Zaka, actually, in terms of, like, technical wrestling skills. Like, doesn't show it off very often, but whenever he does, it looks awesome. And, yeah, this was the perfect chance to do that. I think Uiwa actually, like, held his own as well. Like he's obviously by far the least experienced person in the match, right? But I don't think he like looked out of place either. So, yeah, no, I thought just great booking choices. Well, like, like Kaito going over here, like, yeah, no, obviously that's the right decision, but we can't say that, right? Like, just with like everything that's happened, like just gesturing towards like Kaito and like. Ever, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the best way to like frame this one. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like they actually made the right call here. He won. Uh, he got a convincing win as well. So yeah, no, great. Like for once, you can actually like just pat Noah on the back a little bit for like actually just nailing the booking here. Yep, for sure. And then 
in the main event, Go Shiozaki defeated Keno in 32 minutes and 48 seconds. The Moonsault Press to win the N1 and finally win the singles tournament in NOAA. This was among the best NOAA matches of the year. It was stiff as hell. Exactly what you would want to expect from these two. Lots of near falls. Big Noah match, obviously. Not sure I liked it maybe quite as much um, as uh, Kaido versus Keno from January 1st. But I would probably put it up there as one of the best Noah matches of the year, one or two. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think I'm also still, I agree that I think Kaito and Keno, I'm going to put that ahead of this because those are just insane. And we didn't, like we got some insane stuff in this match, but not like, as insane as the stuff we got in that match. Right. But still, like, just really great. Yeah, I think Stiff is really the way to go. I think Stiff is also, like, the way to go for, like, Go as well. Yeah. Because in, in a weird way, it actually helps him preserve his body. <laughs> like, it's, like, because it's, like, if he just takes, like, really stiff kicks from Kano, that's better than, like, just taking back, back bumps onto flat concrete, which yeah. is what he was doing before. So, yeah, no, I, I thought, yeah, awesome match. Uh, I And I think it really helped that you had two people in there that felt, like, equally likely to win. Like, I loved last year's Finn, like, tournament uh, as well. So, uh, Kaito versus uh, Hideki. But that one always felt, like, more like, okay, Kaito is probably going to win this one. Like, he was, like, he came in as the favorite, right? Whereas I think in this one, I think you could very much give it, like, 50-50 odds that, like, they, there was no wrong choice here to win the tournament. And, yeah, but I think, like, finishing the story with Go was the right choice. Yeah. And I would still assume that he is going to uh, beat Jake, take the title, uh, and then probably lose it January 2nd to Kaito, I guess. I'm not sure what they're going to do there. But mm-hmm. I feel like if Go is winning the title, I don't think he's going to hold it for that long. No. I mean, I am could also see Jake just beating Go and holding it until January 2nd. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that a bit more now as well because I'm just like, I don't know if they really want to put the belt on go right now yeah because of the way his body is and he did just reunite access mm-hmm. yeah that's also the thing but yeah i mean it, it it would be weird if jake just really gets like that long of a reign um yeah i mean we'll see like like we'll see like i would see i would love to see go get like one more like last reign basically because if he wins it like right that like that's it right because mm-hmm. he's won the tournament now and then he gets the title and he loses it rather quickly and then he can just be a tag team guy from then on like i think that's probably the best for the stage that he's at now uh yeah and we yeah. shall see relatively soon paul did you watch any of the noah like house shows or spot shows for the last couple of days because i did not get a chance to no i unfortunately didn't either I was look like, just really busy with life <laughs> basically so I, me too I so uh jake did pin or uh go in the main event which they love to do leading up to a big title match. Trade yeah. wins in the tag matches up in there. So I don't know, maybe you can sort of uh, extrapolate from that or something. But I think probably Go does win, but I would not be shocked. And I certainly wouldn't bet a large sum of money on it either. No. If Keno had won, I think it would have been like 100% Keno's winning. Yeah. I think that would have been a guarantee. Um, 
with Go, yeah, I think it's a bit more of a mixed bag. So, yeah, we shall see. And then, so just to preview some big stuff coming up, we got the Grand Ship in Nagoya. Uh, sorry, no, uh, first, Naomichi Marafuji's 25th anniversary on the 17th. And obviously the big match there. Listen to this, Keno and Psycho Clan are teaming against Wagner and NOI, which that sounds like an amazing... Such an amazing fire pro random teams. Uh, and then Jutavi Awaki versus Ryohei Oiwa, which I assume Oiwa is winning. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that like you're dropping out your own guys to like New Japan Young Boys, but I assume the way they phrased this whole thing about him going on excursion there, they're not going to like it. Really doesn't seem like they're going to treat him as a young boy. So he's probably just beating Miyawaki. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, in the main event, we got Naomi Marafuji versus Will Ospreay, which I think will deliver. I really do have high hopes. Yes. I think Marafuji is yes. going to have his working boots on, and Osprey is obviously going to want to, like, this is a dream match for him, so he's going to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the video that they posted uh, of him talking about Marafuji? I did not, actually. Yeah, so basically, Will Osprey, like, he loves Marafuji. Like, I think yeah. Marafuji is legitimately his, like, all-time favorite wrestler. And he talked about in the UK, they used to have like this wrestling channel, basically. And so like the first ever Japanese show that uh, Osprey watched, it was, I don't remember, it was some Noah show, basically, that had like Marufuji in like a really prominent match. I don't know if it was his first title win or not. Don't remember. Uh, but yeah, he's basically like, like the first Japanese wrestling he ever watched was actually Noah. And Marufuji and everything. And I think you, we can really see that if you like watch him wrestle as well. Like, I think it's pretty clear that that was a heavy influence on him. And that actually makes me curious where, like, if Noah had been in like the financial situation that they're in, like, now, back when like Osprey was coming up, I wonder if there's like an alternate, like, history scenario where Osprey goes to Noah instead of New Japan. I think under different, front, yeah, in a different world, that's very possible if Noah wasn't in such uh, dire straits when he uh, came to Japan the first time. Yeah, because like obviously, like when for he first came to Japan, they were like hanging on by a thread, basically. Yeah, and then so on the twenty third, there's the Grand Ship twenty twenty three in Nagoya at the Nagoya International Conference Hall, which I'm very curious about what they're going to draw there compared to so what all Japan has drawn there lately, and we've got decision match. Uh, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf for, uh, versus, um, well, Alejandro and Ninja Mac as of right now for the GAC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title. We've got for the GAC Tag Team title, Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher versus Jack Morrison and Anthony Green. I don't know. Who do you think wins that? I could see that one go either way. I think yeah. I think it's time to pull the trigger on like giving Jack Morris a title. Yeah. Like I think, and Green has gotten himself over like really well as well so i think because like what juice is there with like this like saxon huxley team right yeah so i i think it's just time to move on from that and just see what like how jack handles having a title before you like maybe push him a bit more as a singles yeah and uh well also the whole real thing hideki is working more all japan and he's popped back up in big japan so Mm -hmm. i don't know what his long-term noah situation is now yeah, I mean, kind of same for Thatcher, right? Like, who knows what Thatcher's long-term future is? Yep. Because, I mean, he is like 40 now. Yep. And he has really good connections with WWE, so... I mean, he could take a PC coaching job. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't think he's going to go back there to wrestle. Like, I feel like if he leaves, he goes there to, like, be a coach, basically. So, 
that wouldn't shock me. And then, yeah, I mean, otherwise it's like Sex and Huxley and like Taniguchi. I mean, it's very <laughs> weird that they just have this faction come together and then immediately like kind of disappear. But yeah, who knows? But I feel like GLG are definitely like guys that are going to stick around. So I think it makes a lot of sense to put it on them. Yeah. And then uh, for the GHC national title, Hio Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Psycho Clown. I'm assuming Wagner is uh, 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 winning this one. Um, and also uh, his contract's up at the end of the year, but he says he wants to resign with Noah. Yeah. I'm, if I'm Noah, I'm just like, I'll just like ask him what his number is and then just sign, just like sign the contract basically. Yep. And uh, I think this will be a lot of fun though. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm going to be interested to see if Psycho is actually going to work a bit more like heel in this one, which he hasn't done in like a long ass time. Mm-hmm. He should. Because like because you can't make Wagner the heel, right? Like it doesn't make sense because the crowd is not going to boo him. Like he's a super baby face now. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, and to like the casual, okay, casual no offense sounds bad, but like to just the average Noah fan, right? Like, they don't know, like, the backstory of, like, everything that happened in AAA and all of that. So, like, to them, it's just this, like, outsider in a clown mask coming in and attacking the guy that they love. So, like, I think the dynamics should be pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. And then, um, main event, we've got uh, Jake Lee versus Go Shiozaki for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. And uh, I'm still leaning towards Go, as we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just really curious how the match is going to go. Did they ever have a match in all Japan? I believe they would have sort of crossed. They might have just missed each other when Go left and then Jake returned. Yeah. And then otherwise it would have been like Jake as a young boy and everything. So they wouldn't yeah. really have had like a serious match. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm interested how they are going to like fit stylistically. I think they should be okay. Yeah. I mean, we shall see. So, yeah. but it, like, as we talked about before, like, I think the result is kind of up in the air a bit. Yeah. So that's Noah. They're in a pretty weird place right now, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> they need I to see, like, I don't make know. some change. Well, so, like, they, I don't know. This Jake thing's got to end, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's like, it's just, as I said, like, it's just the definition of just a holding pattern tied the rain. It's mm-hmm. just. The promotion the long, is in limbo until longest transitional title reign ever. Yeah, that that's why I mean, like, that's why I was so sure that he's going to lose the idea and one champion. I mean, I'm not so sure anymore. Mm-hmm. But again, like, it's like, yeah, it's just suspended animation for Noah until Jake loses. Yeah, and then we move on to All Japan, uh, in a very different sort of uh, company vibe. Uh, they had their giant series at Aornegaoka on September 3rd in front of 1,560 fans, which that's a success. Mm-hmm. That is a success uh, by any means, um, especially, you know, they don't draw a lot of thousand plus crowds outside of Tokyo. So it's a big deal for them. First up, yeah. We have Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamara, and Ren Ayabe defeated Takao Mori, Ryo Inoue, and Takanori Ito in 7 minutes and 33 seconds with a brand buster from Ayabe on Inoue. Solid enough opener. I wish we got more Ito in all Japan. Yeah, for sure. Like I think he's just such a perfect fit with all Japan. Talked about it before, but 
yeah, I I really don't get why they didn't scoop him up back when uh Wrestle One went on went under. Like if I'm Suwama, I'm just looking at that guy and being like, oh yeah, sure, I want that one. Mm-hmm. And then next up, special six women tag match: Chihiro Hashimoto, Yuriko Oka, and Millie McKenzie defeated Michiko, uh, Aoi, Oi, and uh, Lena Cross in nine minutes and six seconds with the All Bright on Hashimoto on Oi. Uh, this was very solid, I thought, and um, this was uh, sort of this is sort of what the Alterhands Women's Division is offering right now. <laughs> I mean, what I will say is like Demon Egoist, like amazing stable name, but they are just instantly just the biggest jobbers ever. Have they even won a match yet? I don't know, but uh, yeah, like I mean, Gleet introduced them with such big like boohoo and everything, and now they're just jobbing to everyone in different promotions as well. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but so, I mean, oh, and, uh, uh, Mako Setamora was in the crowd. Yeah. Always good when retired wrestlers show up. Yes, definitely. Next up, special singles match. Yoshitatsu defeated Super Sasadago Machine in eight minutes with the Yoshitatsu Fantasy. First of all, Sasadago Machine came out and cut some promo with video for like, what seemed like forever. I mean, that's his shtick, right? He does the PowerPoint presentation. Right. The power, but still, did he really have to get It was involved? so long. It, I know. And he also mostly seemed to be like shelling like DDT shows and DDT merge. <laughs> like that makes sense if he's on a DDT show, but it's just yeah. fucking weird when he does it on an All Japan show. Mm-hmm. And then we had, oh, and the match was well, what you think Yoshitatsu versus Super Sasadango Machine would be. Yeah. Although it wasn't like a disaster or anything. No, but it was still like seven minutes too long. Yeah. Um, for the AJPW.TV six-man tag team titles for, and the KOD six-man tag team titles, Yukio Sakaguchi, Saki Akai, and Hideki Okitani of Eruption defeated ATM, Das Chisako, and Black Mensa Ray in 1156 with the divine right knee from Sakaguchi on Mensa Ray. They're making their first defense of the AJPW.TV and second of the KOD. This might be like the best six-man title match in all Japan history. Yeah. No, I mean, Eruption are just instantly the best, like, champions these titles have ever had. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this was one of the best matches that we've ever seen for this title. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, so this will continue. Interesting, interesting how that happens if you just put, like, put it on, like, three, like, pretty good wrestlers. Yes. Yes. And the next, the current blast death match is Sushi Onida, Suwama, and Suji Shikawa. Can we talk about how it's Suwama? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, defeated June Saito Ray Saito and Black Tiger in 932 with the Sandwich Electric Bat attack on from Suwama on Tiger. I mean, this wasn't that bad, I guess. But can we talk about what Suwama was wearing? <laughs> it's amazing dad look. He looked like a true deathmatch guy. <laughs> the, the jeans and then like, like some like light blue spandex over like a tank top or under a tank top and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just an incredible look. He's he's ready for his like uh uh, uh he's ready for his circle six debut. <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> but I mean the match was fine, but I just really hope that this is the end of like this version of Black Tiger. Yeah. But I think I say that every single time to book him. And the next up is special singles match. Ryuki Honda defeated Atsuki Aoyagi in 9 minutes and 24 seconds with the final event. I mean, this was great. It was a sprint. Um, you know, Honda overpowering Aoyagi, obviously setting up some stuff later. But I mean, this was very solid. 
yeah, I thought I thought the finish rocked as well. I think Atsuki just like he just sold that final event really well. Yeah. And it also helps because obviously like there's a lot of big guys in all Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's generally really impressive when like Honda actually manages to like muscle them up for the final event. But it's also just amazing to see him just kind of like just chuck him. Like he basically just chucked Atsuki up and just caught him and then just went for the final event, which looked awesome. Mm-hmm. So then- yeah, no, great. And also right decision as well, like to like give Honda another one. And then we had a special singles match. Kento Miyahara defeated Hokuto Omori in 12 minutes and 42 seconds with the shutdown German suplex. Uh, so Omori didn't come out, and then Kento was like, what is he doing? What's going on? And then Omori ambushed him. Again, a very solid match between these two, as you would expect. And then after the match, Omori like bowed to Kento, but then slugged him because yeah. the young guys are complaining that Kento is an egomaniac, and they're not wrong. I mean, they're right. <laughs> yeah. They are completely right. I mean, the whole point of this match was also just for Kento to get his win back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because he was just because he lost to Omori in the six man tag when he got knocked out. So yeah. but yeah, no, I thought this was a really solid match. And yeah, I mean, everyone that ever says that Kento Miyahara is an egomaniac is correct. I mean, that's literally his character. Like that's why he is like every tag team partner that has ever turned on him has been in the right. Yeah. And he still manages to make that work as a baby face, which I think is the most impressive part of the whole act. Yep, definitely. And then in a special singles match, Hiromu Takahashi defeated Rising Hado in 14 minutes and 40 seconds with the time bomb. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, Hiromu did not go all out, and I didn't think he was going to, but Hayato um, definitely like was like... And he gave Hayato something, too, in this match, but, he was, but Hiromu was not going to put his body on the line quite as usual or something like that but i still think it was a very good match yeah i'm just over the whole hero more experience just in general mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think that kind of hurt my experience like enjoyment of the match really i think it was really solid but to me it just never really like went into another gear and i also don't really get this whole like hero more goes to different promotions to beat the guys there yeah because doing it with DDT, yeah, he did it with, with, he did Dragon, it with Gate. Dragon Gate. Yeah, so yeah, he's gonna do it with like uh, Fujita Junior Hayato as well. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I get that he kind of wants to challenge himself because the New Japan Junior Division isn't exactly like exciting at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, I don't think it's really helping the promotions that he's going to. No. Like, do, do you actually think Rising Hayato's status has a proof? From losing to high, like he was in the semi-main, no. okay, but I still don't think it actually helped them. No, I don't think it helped them or anything like that. Um, and then next up for the Triple Crown, we've got uh, Yuma Aoyagi defeated Satoshi Kojima in 18 minutes and 12 seconds with the Fool. Uh, first third defense of the Triple Crown. I thought this was really good. I mean, they got down to business quickly there was no filler it was only 18 minutes got some near falls big kickouts i think this is everything you wanted it to be in this sort of match to put yuma over strong yeah no 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 exactly and again this was another one of those where uh like similarly to the savama match there was like this feeling of dread a bit in the match as well where it's like sure. oh are they actually going to take it off of him and like no but i feel like now i feel like a lot more like confident basically well yeah because well i mean yuma lost like the d- couple days before 
to yeah oh yeah, yeah no like that that made a lot more likely it was gonna win yeah. but i feel like now i feel like a lot more confident that they actually like genuinely believe in him yes because they, they fed suwama to him they fed uh they fed kojima to him and everything right like now now this is like a real reign like now this is like an actual like establish another top guy proper reign and everything yep. so as it should yeah. be Definitely. and it's, it's been drawing well so yep so that was that match a show which is and then we move on to the uh the night or the eighth at Yoyogi National Stadium Gymnasium number two. And I was a little concerned how they would draw here. They ended up doing six one thousand six hundred seventy-five fans, which given the card, I actually think was really good. Even though obviously it looked Yogi... weird in the building. Yeah, everyone was spread out though. Yeah. No, no, uh, no. And I mean, this is the first time that they've done like back to back, like over one thousand five hundred people. There might have been some Cork and New Year's shows that did that. But I don't I know. I tried to look at, like, I looked at some of those, and like, some of those got close. Yeah. But I couldn't really find any that lit, did like back to back, like 1.5K plus. So okay. I think, like, we probably have to go back like a really long time to find that. So I think this, like, if, yeah, just massive success, I want to say, for all Japan here, just doing that. And yeah. yeah, as we were saying, like, just like the vibes around this promotion are just really positive right now. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we start off with, I mean, we're probably over a decade since they did 1500 plus two t- shows in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. I feel like, yeah, sometime pre-Wrestle 1 split, but then yeah. that would have to be two pretty loaded shows as well, I want to say. Yeah. And then first up, so Yoshitatsu defeated Black Men's Reign 428 with the Yoshitatsu Fantasy I mean, it was what it was. It's perfectly okay, actually, I thought. And I thought it was sort of interesting. I'll say this. I thought the finish was fine because it was sort of a different... He did like an inverted flatliner into the fantasy in a little different way than usual, which is about as spicy as you're going to get from Yoshitatsu these days. Yeah. I mean, if he had actually lost to Black Mansa right here, then I would have been 100% convinced that he's going to leave. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded 
by Arena Club as well. So again, I'm setting these things off. It's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months. And you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the UV video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with UV video lock, search UV video lock. That is E-U-F-Y video lock. Again, that's UV video lock. E-U. FY video lock or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
but I still feel <laughs> like he is still going to leave at the end of the year. Okay, uh, so before we get to the second match, we actually had a technical difficulty. Uh, like my power went out. And we couldn't finish recording at the time, so we're back here two days later to do the rest of the show. Um, I sound slightly different now as well, because I have a different microphone and everything, because I'm not in the same place I was two days ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we go to that, and it was uh, the still unnamed team with Naruki Doi, Naoki Tanizaki, and Hokuto Omori defeating Kataro Suzuki, Keiichi Sato, and Mazada in 410 when Omori used the worst of the worst on Sato. Um, this was pretty short and it was just, I guess, to sort of keep Omori strong, I felt. Yeah. And I mean, even more so it was like, it was also like involved with the whole, like, I, like DDT, iron metal weight belt. I always keep forgetting the name of that one. Like the DDT 24-7 title. Uh, because like then they kept turning on each other after the match as well. Oh, wait, was this a show with the title change? I can't remember. Was, or was it, or was it the next one? Okay. Maybe I'm mixing them up now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Basically, I mean, yeah, I think I think I'm mixing up the shows. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Was it? No, we're on the Yoyogi show. Yeah, no, we're on the second show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, no, it, it was on the Yoyogi show. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, so like that's basically like after the match, like I think Tanizaki turned on Doi first and rolled, tried to roll him up for the belt, and then Omori tried multiple times, and I think Tanizaki actually briefly won it, and then Doi won it back, and they like ran backstage for the belt I, that part i didn't like because that just reminded me too much of like WWE, like 24 7 geek stuff basically right. well and here's the thing omori has tried multiple times to win that thing and he hasn't yeah that, that's the other part it's like why is he the one that fails when he's the heavyweight and everything obviously doi is like the most decorated one out of all of them but it still made Omori look like a bit of a geek that he was even like, yeah, sure, I want to want... Like, he he challenged for the Triple Crown not that long ago. Like, the yeah, belt exactly. should be beneath him. Yeah. And then uh, next up, we had um, Masanobu Fuchi's return match from a detached retina, which is kind of wild at his age. Uh, Masanobu Fuji, Kasayashi, Ryuji Hidekara defeated Osamu Nishimura Mitsui and a guy in the South Inoue in 9.47 with an inside cradle from Fuji on Inoue. Um, well, first of all, it's funny to see Hijikata with no mask, just like <laughs> playing like, oh, nothing's happening and everything like that. I mean, it was what you expected, but I mean, I love Fuji. He's actually one of my all-time favorites. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. So, Absolutely. I mean, I cannot not, you know, enjoy something like this on that on a certain level. And I mean, it's also just wild to think about that this man was like a grumpy veteran 30 years ago. Yeah, he was in comedy matches 30 years ago and then had his brief yeah. resurgence <laughs> after the split. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's weird. Like, like, but I think it, like it's not going to be the same promotion once he's actually like gone, which at this point is like him literally being like physically unable to walk or he's dead. I think that's literally the only thing that will stop him from like not at least popping like once or twice a year. Uh, I think he might be waiting for that 50th anniversary, which will be next year. Oh, I think he's going to retire there. Or shortly after, but he's going to hit that first before he talks about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I said, like he's literally like part of the inventory. Like, he, like how many years after the promotion even started, did he start like two years or something? Right? Yeah, 74, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's been around literally since like the dawn of the company, essentially, for all intents and purposes. Like, it's like... He's as much of all Japan as anyone. Like, it's like, 
he's like second after Baba, I would say. Like because Baba obviously like he will forever be like Mr. All Japan because he's literally the founder. But I think number two has to be Fuji. Well, he's a sort of unbroken link. Oh no, he left. No, he didn't actually. He did. Yeah, he did. He did briefly, but still, like you know. Yeah, but that was like well into the was was that the when the Harai thing happened? But that was yeah, Wada. I think or that... that was Wada that left. I know for sure. Yeah, yeah, Wada Wada left over that briefly, but yeah, I think Fuji just. I think Fuji had more of this like like similar to what Doi is doing right now, where he was like, "Oh, yeah, I've kind of done everything here. Let me just stretch my wings a little bit," and but then he like came back eventually. Yeah, I think that was it. And then um, next up, we had T-Hawk, Al Lindemann, Shigehiro Ire, and Junji defeating Koji Iwamoto, Takuya Nomura, Fuminori Abe, and Ryo Inoue in 9.33 when T-Hawk used the night ride on Inoue. I, I thought this was really good, although I thought it uh, ended right as it was about to get real cooking, uh, which is sort of the um, problem when some of these stacked uh, <laughs> uh, multi-mans in the All Japan mid-card is that they end too soon. Yeah, no. I also felt like because you just look at it on paper and you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And it, it was bad, but it also wasn't like anything that blew me away. But the one thing I really took away from this match was like, man, I've really missed like Koji Iwamoto. And I also forgot how how great his music is as well. Yeah, he got a pop. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, and I think I really like he, he's been booked on like multiple shows as well. So I really yeah, hope I that this is well, I mean, he's he's doing other stuff elsewhere too, so yeah, it's hard to but, say. But it's a good chance, I think. Yeah, I mean, Nomura was doing a lot as well, like while he was like basically like made his return. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's like a similar deal where like he's easing back into the promotion, and then. But I also feel like that they're probably gonna want to do something with him once they know that he actually wants to like commit a little bit more. So. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a perfect fit right now because they need another like reliable like veteran that can go in there with Sato as well. Because Sato is kind of like overexposed a little bit as well. Sure. So like I think like having like an Evo motor there is like I think because it is such a young division as well. I think mm-hmm. having someone like him there is like perfect timing now. I agree. Yeah, I think it'll really add the depth that it needs because it's like what it's really only like four guys really, but yeah, with some rotating cast of outsiders type thing well i mean it's it's basically it's all of it's like the young guys right it's dan uh hayato atsuki and in a way and then sato and that's it pretty much yeah that's about it because i can't even count kodama anymore because he's rarely ever around yeah and he's already got his thing in in great and everything so it's i don't know we'll see right yeah so and next up, we've got that Evolution versus DDT. Junaki Mashinsiro, Takagi, Yusuke Ogata, and Yusuke Okada defeated Suwama, Hikaru Saito, and Dan Tamara in 6.57 via referee stop from a front netlock on Tamara. I don't know what to say other than this was, this like we were complaining that things were too uh, short, but this was like, I thought they did a lot in like seven minutes. And it was just heated and they brawled everywhere. And then like the final couple of minutes with Akiyama and Tamara were awesome. Yeah, and this one I really, this one I think was actually really smart to keep it short because this one was another like this was just a really obvious start of something. Like if if this was like the only thing they're gonna do for this, then I would be also be like, oh, that's annoying that they that it, that they went this short, even though it was really good. But this was so obvious, like the beginning of a feud. So yeah, I, I think it's smart to keep it short so you can build it up more. 
but yeah what we got was really really awesome and i'm i'm really really looking forward to this like i mean is it ddt versus all japan or is it just gonna be like burning versus evolution like i don't Oh, I think know what like I th what it is. I think it's sort of a bit of both, uh, because there's some matches upcoming with these guys and everything like that, right? Yeah, and then like the, like it really right now it's really just the evolution guys that are like involved from like the all Japan side. Like I don't think they're really well. No, there's going to be a, a there's going to be an Aoyagi and Hayato versus Mao and uh, Rukia match. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, but but we'll see if that like actually feeds into this feud as well or if they're keeping that separate or if that's just you know ddt and all japan working together mm -hmm. but i mean regardless of what it is like if even if it's just burning with evolution like just based on what we got here i think it's going to be awesome if you told me a month ago about this i'd be a little skeptical given what ddt is <laughs> but <laughs> it's been going pretty well so far I mean, we right. did get Super Sasa Dango Machine versus Yoshitatsu. Well, so. yes, but everything. I mean, we've already bottomed out in a way, so I think it can't get much. Well, oh wait, no, well, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say that because Pheromones is right. Well, there. I, I don't think they do that, but you never know, or at least not on an All Japan show, maybe on a DDT show. I Suwama has Suwama has a wacky streak, so I wouldn't rule that well, out. Well, Sato too. Yeah. Well, Sado would just join Pheromones. <laughs> yeah. And then next up, uh, one of the big draws of the show, special tag match. Kyrie and Sayori Anu defeated uh, Unagi Sayaka and Sari in 1703 with an insane elbow from Kyrie on Unagi. This was pretty awesome, actually. I thought the second yeah. best match of the show. I mean, it was great. It's what I expected. And I thought uh, Unagi was the weakest worker of the four, <laughs> carried herself. And I actually liked the sort of... Yeah hateful chemistry between Kyrie and Unagi. Yeah, no, that this rocked. And yeah, I mean it, it's a shame that Kyrie is like heading back into retirement voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Um but well not her yeah. fault. <laughs> mm -hmm. Address your uh complaints to Takaki Kidani. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, true. Uh yeah he he like I don't know. <laughs> if maybe if Noah was serious about the women's division, you know, like they have the money. So, yeah, it's true. Well, whatever, whatever. It's, I think at this point it's too late anyway. Um, yeah, but no, this, this was awesome, and I think the point we can really say is like that out of all of the promotions that are doing this like weird get, like that are doing this whole like experiment about like like men's like getting women involved and in, like traditionally mm -hmm. like men's promotions. I think all Japan is doing like by far the best job. Oh no, like, question. I said that on the last episode with Dylan. And... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, and I fully agree. Well, there's a couple of things. Is, is Suwama's interest in it is one thing, yeah. right? because he actually wants to do this, unlike yeah. certain other company. You mean? Uh, uh, let me guess. Does that company start with an N and end in Oa? It's the king of sports, not the queen of sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think new. They had no for New Japan. I think the issue is really that that's like so obviously mandated by like the Bushi Road office and no one there actually wants to do it. And Noah is just literally doing it because New Japan is doing it, whereas yeah. all Japan Suwama would probably do this if the other two weren't doing it anyway. Yes, because he was talking about it but I think slightly before the pandemic started even. Yeah. But then the pandemic so, and, happened and that got yeah, and then, the and then And the fact that the other two are doing it just gives him cover to kind of go all in on it basically. Yeah, yeah it's justifies it in some ways. Um well, also, I was going to say, well, they got their own talent, which is different, too. Yeah. 
and they do actual like they have actual storylines and everything like him and unagi yeah. like suama unagi feuding and all of that and like the sexual tension is palpable <laughs> yeah that that's for sure no but also like the way they just set up this whole tag match and everything is like that's like so like just for this match like there was so much more setup than any women's match noah has ever gotten yeah oh for sure there's never set up yeah um oh and the other thing well and another thing i should note uh though she didn't get the pin uh a member of evolution actually got a victory oh yeah that's true is that the first ever no they have they've had like tag matches against each other right well i don't even think so no okay so that was uh, the first have... evolution yeah because it was um on the Oz Academy show, it was Hiroya Matsumoto and Zones defeated Akino and Kohaku. But it was, you know, Matsumoto who got the pin. But still, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's yeah. promising, right? Because I thought they'd, yeah. they'd have to stop constantly jobbing at some point. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, uh, it, it's, a, it's a good first step. It is a good first step. And then, um, so, yeah, that's like. I think, uh, and they're going to keep pushing this, although Unagi got injured. So, yeah, we'll see shoulder injury, back. so we'll see when she's back. But I mean, but the thing is, it doesn't derail everything, even though she's sort of the focal no. point. Um, I mean, there's still other people, like you still have like Ozaki and like yeah. the Evolution Girls and all of those. So, like, there's still stuff you can do until she comes back. Yeah. And then the uh, Ryuki Honda Gungnir of Anarchy graduation match, Yuma Aoyagi Atsuki Aoyagi Rising Hayato defeated Ryuki Honda, Yusuke Kodama, and Masao Hanabata in 906 with a Rockstar Buster from Yuma on Hanabata. I mean, again, very solid, very good six-man tag that went less than 10 minutes. Um, I just think it was interesting that they decided to break them up because I don't think we're going to see much of Kodama and Hanabata after this. Yeah, yeah, which which is a shame. Um but it is what it is. Like, like I said, Gangi of Anarchy is yet another one of those like all Japan like uh, stables that kind of starts out really promising and then just fizzles like really quickly. Yep. Uh, that's, it, that, that's just a, such a problem with them. Like, it's like really like what is like the last stable that they've gotten over as like a permanent part or like at least like a long term part of the promotion? Like, is it Evolution? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or Next Dream. Yeah, next next stream was around for a while, even though for parts of it it was literally just Kento, and then people rejoined Kento and then turned on him because he's an because he's an asshole, and then rejoined him. But yeah, next stream at least was around for like a long while. Yeah, that's true. You, uh, Ashino's been in the company three years, and I should note that he's he's in the dojo training, so he's mm-hmm. got to be back by tag league, right? Yeah, I, I think he's back for tag league, and I still think he might be the one beating Yuma. On December thirty first in Yoyogi, it's very possible. Um. Anyway, uh. Anyway, uh, Shino has been in three different groups in three years since he's been <laughs> with the company. He was in Enfance and then Runaway Suplex and then GOA and then all sort of ended unceremoniously. Well, no, the current. So, so who, who are they going to put him with when he returns? Well, that's a big question. I don't. I don't know. Omori. Yeah. Um. Who else could? There's be? a really bad choice they could make here what and i hope they don't do that but there is no leader of voodoo murderers at the moment oh no yeah i would say you can't do that he would be such a big baby face when he comes back from his injury like you can't turn him heel that would be that would be like i mean we haven't really gotten that many like dumb 
booking moves by all japan is here but this would be like by far the dumbest move they could make i don't know i could see them thinking we well we got to push shino back up to the top so how do we do yeah but that's not no i know I like know. i get why they would think that but like i don't think that would like the crowd is not gonna want to boo him like that would just be stupid yeah it uh would not be a good idea at all um so i don't really have a feel for how any of that's gonna go or anything like that so it'll be interesting but i mean he could be back even in october i don't know i mean if you're in the dojo how much longer could it possibly be yeah no i mean i mean if he if he is taking bumps and everything already and i mean it is a like it is a broken arm like that it it pretty much just takes time like right. that's really all it takes and then like like because i obviously that was like a while ago but i broke my arm like back in high school mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i was like back to normal like after a couple of months so i think the timeline fits but like he's i think he's gonna be back like next month or like i think he's definitely back in time for like tag league yeah because he's it was a week or two ago he said he was lifting weights although not at his yeah. previous max yeah yeah but i mean that i think that's not just because like he's like trying to like get like like preserve his arm basically i think that's also just because he wasn't able to work that out right for, like months right. now so like he probably just lost a lot of like muscle mass there um and then next up for the G Infinity title, Jun Saito and Rei Saito defeated Shuji Shikawa and Ren Ayabe in 13 minutes and 19 seconds with a psycho break from Jun on Ayabe in 13:19 for their sixth defense of the titles. This is <laughs> way longer than I thought. Are they getting close to like the record? Like, I mean, that's, okay, they obviously haven't been. No, Hayato um, and Shimitani had a lot. Yeah, because they held them forever. Um, actually, I'm going to look that up because they, but they might be close. Um, anyway, okay. So look, you know what? I gave this mat and match a nice little three and a half stars. I thought they looked. I thought the sidos looked good. I thought they worked hard. You can deduct some points for the interference, although it wasn't. I mean, there was powder and everything, but it only happened once. It was not like a constant throughout the match thing, which sometimes you have gotten with those guys with Voodoo Murder. So I did enjoy this and i think it's another step in the saito's slow but steady improvement yeah i I'm, I'm, i don't know but i'm still kind of over this title reign as well like because now we're also doing like the title defenses mainly in all japan which is weird like why aren't they happening in glade like why are they happening here i mean yeah. it, it's nice for all japan. like it's good for all japan obviously but like i don't understand it from like you know glade's perspective what do they get out of the saito's defending their titles on all japan shows yeah um so anyway oh um tamara and uh shimitani had seven defenses so they're really close so one more and they equal the record and then one more after that and then the record holders for title defenses yeah which i don't know maybe well we'll talk about that more in a second Mm -hmm. uh because there's some other stuff coming up that Mm -hmm. uh, involves them and then in the main event the kento miyahara 15th anniversary debut special singles match. Kento Miyahara defeated Yuma Anzai in 18 minutes and 33 seconds with a shutdown German suplex hold. Paul, this was the match of the night. This was one of the best matches in all Japan this year. It was incredible. I thought Anzai looked great. I thought Anzai, if I had a complaint of Anzai, he needs to work the crowd more. He's starting to Mm -hmm. do that more now. And I think that N1 run was very important for him. And like, you know, Maybe he's a, could work on some moveset a little more, but he's mm-hmm. almost there. 
in terms of having like top end matches. Which is nuts because he's a year in now. Right? Yeah. So no, no, no. I I think like this was amazing. Yeah. Um, I would also say it's Anzai's best match. Although I would put it real close with this match and the match he had they had against Go. Yeah, I think I like this one more. Yeah. It was close. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. Definitely. Like I said, I would also put this one slightly ahead. And yeah, I agree. Like it's it's nuts how far along he already is just one year in. Like I think they definitely made the right call of like being like, okay, this we're just gonna immediately push him and just like see what happens basically. Do you think Which that is they so unlike sense, Japanese wrestling? Did they th- do you think they had he had they had a sense that he had like was better than the average trainee, or do you think they just threw him out because of his look? Threw him out <sighs> there because of his look and hope that it would catch up. Yeah, I think this was literally just a Hail Mary. I think this was a Hail Mary, and I think they actually scored a touchdown, basically. Um, maybe that might be a little bit, like, I think they definitely, like, the pass has been caught and the receiver's running towards the end zone. So I think I think he'll get there. Um, yeah, no, I think they definitely, like, they, they really, like, lucked out here on this one. Obviously, they knew he was super talented because all, because... They literally only got him because he went to the same school as the Wawa, because otherwise he would be in the New Japan dojo. And not right getting now. this push. But we've, we've, we've rehashed that a million yeah. times. No, but, no, no, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I will just say, if you are an Observer Awards voter, you really have no choice but to vote for him for Rookie of the Year, because no one else comes close. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I don't think that's even, like, a content. I don't think there should even be any other content. The, 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 on, the only mark against him is that it's all to him. Yeah. And how many people are watching? Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and same with no one, everything. So, like, it's not going to be enough people that have seen him. So, yeah, but to me, like, it's very obvious that he should be the rookie of the year, obviously. And I, I also agree that, like, this really helped him that he went to Noah <laughs> as, as yeah. much of a joke as it's so. Like, it's weird that Noah almost seems to be better at developing guys that aren't their own. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like because he obviously really benefited from this N one run. Like he benefited from this N one run way more than Inamura has out of his two N one runs or his mm-hmm. Fire Festival run, two Fire Festival runs. Yeah. Or like same with like we can already see like Oiva like doing some stuff in Noah as well. So mm-hmm. like Noah, like there seems to be the ability of Noah to develop guys as long as it is not their own Dojo talents, which is well, yeah, because you got the foreigners too. Yeah, yeah, to the foreigners also. Like Anthony and, Green is coming along really nicely. Yeah, like Ninja Mac has like grown. Jack Morris has grown insanely and well. Yeah, I will say, I think Lance Anawai probably has grown too. Yeah, so great. No, a great place to develop your talent. As so long as you don't go to the dojo, don't go to the dojo. Maybe that's in a Morris plan. <laughs> like, <laughs> gonna pretend he's a different guy and be like, no, I'm not in a Mor- I never went to your dojo. I'm a random foreigner now. <laughs> comes back under a mask mm-hmm. so that is um all japan's sh- oh we got to kento's red hair i didn't like it and he got rid of it already no 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 that was the other one where i was like is he gonna become the leader of voodoo murderers now but like, he i think he's ditched it already right like he post- he really, yeah he posted he a, like a video on social media of him at the at the barbers and yeah no you know, I, i've I, done my hair really doesn't yeah it really doesn't work so i yeah I, he should not stick with that so moving forward, oh, um, so we got a lot. Hey, we should maybe mention as well for this show that it didn't just air on All Japan TV; it also aired on Fight Plus, actually. Yes, that's right. So I don't know what that what that's going forward if they have a deal for Fight Plus. 
but that's mm-hmm. a that's a nice little deal uh, yeah if no. they got that right yeah that should be good money like i mean we don't know how many like i would assume there aren't that many all like i just i just hope it doesn't seems to be... cannibalize their i like international fan base yeah but like how many people do you realistically assume are actually like all japan like international all japan.tv subscribers like it definitely seems like like i think it's pretty cheap for them to run because it's not a really like complex website like right no. it's very simple like it it works like that's what i will always say about it it works like the streams mm-hmm. work and everything yep and i think that most of the time just literally like especially for the house shows just like literally just turn on the stream and just let it run i, and I, I will say my only critique of it is that it doesn't always work in certain browsers always the best but that's yes okay. yes that that is an issue um so but again i still don't think there's that many international subscribers for it mm-hmm. so i don't think actually putting it on fight is going to hurt that really right tv unless they literally put like everything on fight plus in that case yeah. i would probably switch over to that because it is just more convenient for me to use that because i just oh, have a sure. fight roku app and there yeah. isn't an all japan.tv roku app no so i need to do some workarounds to make it work which i have yeah. found a good system now okay but that would still be easier but so well like, I, until they do that i'm not going to switch and i think if you're an international subscriber to that website like you're probably like just a hardcore like us and you're not going to want to switch unless they have everything yeah um the thing is i i still often for the live shows just plug my hdmi t- cable into my laptop um, <laughs> If I'm then, watching it, if I'm watching the show the next morning, I'll watch on my Xbox and then just refresh whenever my memory maxes out. Well, okay. Well, to be fair, what I generally like, I actually have like an app basically that I can cast. Like the, I literally just like it's basically like a web video caster, and I just type in like the All Japan TV website, mm-hmm. and then I can connect through the app to my Roku, and that's how I cast them onto the TV. Oh, and okay. That actually works pretty well. Okay. And um. So that's that show. We've got a lot to talk about because they got a lot coming up. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, they announced eight dates for the Real World Tag League, and it's now ten, including back to the vegetable market. Yeah, nice. That well, I, I love that venue. I, 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 they should run that venue all the time. That was a great. Also, that show. crowd was wild last. Yeah, week. well, because it was before you could actually cheer as well. So yeah, yeah, probably why. Uh, so ten shows. I'm assuming eight teams again because mm-hmm. they don't do like all always they'll have like three matches instead on some shows to give a guy I mean, what, what, give what the guys a break like the teams are um well depends who wins that upcoming tag title match yeah i mean because, the fight is definitely like well the saito's suji and ayabe yeah um kento honda and anzai honda and anzai Maybe Kento and Yuma. I think it depends if they're still champions. But who are you going to team like Yuma with? Takuya Nomura and Kento. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, there could be a DDT or a Noah team in this thing. I, I would love for astronauts to be in there, but then they would have to like make Abe the heavyweight. Politics of the, the tag titles. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts or ideas who could be in? I I would say I I would assume that we might we might get like maybe like Hayato and Jack Shimitani in there as well. Oh, like yes, some I, sort I of like lead representation. Or like Kawakami and Tamara 
I think would even be better. Yeah. That would be more fitting for all Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're gonna get like one of like I think they're gonna be in like they're gonna face the Saitos, they're probably gonna beat the Saitos there, and that's how they're gonna set up like a title match. So I think that's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh Ayato Yoshida, actually. Maybe I mean, yeah. he's been popping up on shows as well. So maybe we're gonna get like some two AW representation. Yeah. There's never two AW representation as much as you think there'd be. So Yeah. <laughs> um but uh and and yeah, I think like a DDT team, I think. Do you think Akiyama's going to be in it? Uh, if he wins the All Asia Tag Titles, yes. Yeah, which that's going to be wild if it's just like randomly, it's just like Akiyama's just back in real world tag. Like that's not something I expected to ever happen again, really. No, I wonder what happened. Maybe it was a well, maybe it was Tajiri gone. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it may. Yeah, I don't. Maybe uh, our time just heals all wounds. Who knows? Did, I mean, you... you know, like it's weird that he's just willing to just come back to all Japan, but he's still avoiding Noah like the plague. Well, he. I'm really curious what happened there because that just didn't he work one so match? toxic. Did he not work one match there? Am I thinking of Kenta? Yeah, I think. Well, he did. He worked the Cyber Fight Festival. Right? Oh yes, the the he... Nakajima knockout of Endo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that was a crossover. So maybe after that, he was like, "Yeah, no, fuck this promoter." Like, <laughs> he maybe he's just like completely forever done with Noah now. Which perhaps, yeah, who knows? Um. So, Paul, did you watch today's show? Because I have not. No, I actually have been like really busy all day, so I actually haven't had time yet. Um, nothing to say. Well, except for uh, Saki of Colors replaced Unagi and beat Sunny, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then um, Yuma and Kento versus Yuma Anzai and Reiki Honda, which were 13 minute draw, which I'm sure is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Hideki and Astronauts beat uh, Suwama, Dan, and Inoue, which was obviously expected. Uh, we got to talk about but this. But I think, like, I really want to see that match. That's the one. That's actually, that's out of all of the matches there, that's actually the one I really want to see. Did we talk about this on our, the last part we recorded about Hideki? I think we briefly touched on it, yeah. but, like, I think, let, let's just repeat it anyway. Hideki got the win, too, here, so. Hmm? Yeah, I, I think, got the win, yeah, so. he might be, he might be heading out of Noah soon, yeah. Or... Which I wouldn't necessarily say if it was just all Japan, but he was in Big Japan too, which yeah makes me think he needs, you know, some paychecks. I don't know. More and paychecks. he, because like Big Japan, especially like before he left for like America, he had like a whole big like goodbye thing with Big Japan and all of that. Right, right. Remember, because that was when he gave, I think he gave uh, Abdullah like a giant fork or something like that when he yeah. left. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. the next show then is the 23rd, which will be Cork and Hall show. It is starts at 11:30 a.m. show, so I can watch that Saturday Night Live, which is nice. Although I think it's that's not the great time for you. No, it's like those are generally like I'm really spoiled, like because like obviously like you always like you stay up like to like ungodly times to watch these Poro shows, and I'm just a spoiled European Poro fan where I'm like. What do you mean I can't just watch this while I eat breakfast? Well, I'm just going to watch it like later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the matches from the website in no particular order uh, Suwama, Dan Tamara, and Rio, anyway, versus Yuki Onaya, Yuya Kuroku, and Rukia. So that continues, right? So because Naya is mm-hmm. not in Burning. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, he might be in Hoodoo Murder soon if you follow Suvama's advice. <laughs> yeah. 
And then we've got that is so random. Why did he do that? I don't know. He's not even in there anymore. Like it's like literally like it's yeah, I don't know. It's like the president has like left the company, but he's still like telling like the company who they should hire as like the next CEO. You mm-hmm. know, like that's like the same energy basically. Yeah. And then uh well someone in all Japan likes Yukio Naks. Remember they brought him in when Ren Ayabe had the collapse along on the fiftieth anniversary. Oh. Yeah. I think I mean, it's probably Suwama or Shuji. I mean, yes. I mean, look at him. Like, yeah. look at Naya, and you can get, you can, you can definitely know who on that roster is like, you know what? Maybe we can develop this guy into something. And yeah, maybe they can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been doing something. They've been able to get the like Saitos to be watchable wrestlers, which I think is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next up, um, Triple Crown, obviously, Yuma Aoyagi versus Ryuji Honda. I expect Yuma to win, but I think it will be awesome. They're going to want to go out there and just have like a high-level match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that, that one's going to rock as well. And then um, we've got Yoshitatsu no Osama Nishimura versus Black Mensa Ren Renai Abe, which is kind of sure. random. I mean, if, again, if this if, if he takes like a pin from like Renai Abe here, that's, again, more future to Yoshitatsu's leaving fire. Yeah. And then... Uh, Here's an interesting one. Uh, we've got Shuji Ishikawa and Yuma Anzai versus Hideki Suzuki and Koji Iwamoto, which, um, does Iwamoto do the job here? Does does Ishikawa do the job to Suzuki to set something up bigger for Hideki? I mean, I would not. I think putting like a Yuma Aoyagi, you're thinking like Hideki versus Yuma? Yeah. I think that would be great because that's like, that would be like a big match, right? You can mm-hmm. just give Yuma another win. Like, it's a very easy thing to do. Because mm-hmm. obviously, Hideki has, like, the credibility for it. Mm-hmm. And it's all, but it's also one where you can just, there's no, unless Noah gets involved in a weird way, yeah. like, there's no weird politics involved here. And you can just give Yuma another win and then just continue on. Like, but are we even going to get another Triple Crown match before Tag League? There's a cork in, in October. Okay. And, so like one more probably. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: at the beginning of November or end of October, I think because it, mm-hmm. it it bleeds over from the end of October to the beginning of November. They're doing like a five or six day tour in in Hokkaido, and they're doing ah. they're doing an evening and then an afternoon or an afternoon and then an evening show in that same venue where they did um, Kento versus Yuma last year. I'm really curious how those shows are going to do now without Jake. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's a legit question, I suppose. Although I don't think because when Noah when Noah went to Hokkaido, right, they drew the exact same numbers that all Japan drew there with Jake. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious if if the numbers change at all without Jake. If they go up with Jake, if they go up, if all Japan goes there and they drop better than they did before. So on your mind, would that be more like something you would attribute to all Japan being hot? Yes. Or would that be more something you would use as a strike against Drake Jake's drawing ability? You could do it both. The company is hotter, but Jake's not much of a draw anyway. Yeah. But I mean it is his hometown, so that's true. Um but I don't know, we'll see. Um what I think's fast home province. But, yeah. There's um there's ticket movement on those shows. So none of them are sold out, but they're moving. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna, mm-hmm. you know, they're gonna draw some. They're gonna draw decently, I expect. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think right now, like, yeah, I mean, they're clearly on a hot streak, so 
Now, I, I, would, think, that, I think that's pretty would, undeniable at this point. What I would expect, though, if they're doing a triple crown match in support, it's going to be, I don't know who's going to be, but it's going to be a top guy. It's going to be more along the Hokuto thing. I mean, but Hideki makes sense, right? Yeah. Because Hideki is from there as well. Oh, is he? I'm pretty sure he's a Hokkaido guy, yeah. I think Noah, I think Stu actually mentioned that at some point. Or, was he? or did I do him, or am I mixing him up for someone else right now on the roster? No, he's from Hokkaido. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, in that case, Hideki just makes perfect sense, right? You uh, you build him up right now, you do the title match in Hokkaido, and he loses. Like, that's like that's wrestling booking one-on-one. <laughs> but you burn it off in, like, a hotel that could probably that probably seats less than a thousand didn't they do like jake versus kento on one of those they did kento versus yuma oh yeah, yeah okay so i don't see so like if they do kento no, versus yuma then that you was can still do restriction then you can do yuma they, drew, versus... they drew 500 something i think yeah so i mean it was a sellout but you could have aimed higher i mean now especially but we'll see um Okay, so and then we've got, um, and then uh, Kento, Rio, uh, sorry, Etsuki Aoyagi and Rezing Hato versus Minoru Suzuki, Norikido, and Hokuto Mori. That should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Will we ever get a name for the faction? I think at this point we won't. <laughs> no. And then uh, for the world, uh, PW, PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship, it's El Lindemann versus Hikara Sato, which I expect Sato to lose, actually. Yeah. I mean, I really, like again, that's like the other one where like I'm not sure where this rain is going. So, I mean, I guess Hayato would make a lot of sense, but he just had a title match, so it's not him, obviously. Could it be Iwamoto? Could I? I could actually easily see like Iwamoto basically winning it, and then you have like Atsuki or with, Hayato beat. He, then he feeds with Atsuki and Hayato. Yeah. Yeah. So I think putting it on him, like I think, but again, like I don't. But again, like that would mean that he would have like I could also see it where basically they have Atsuki win it, mm-hmm. and then he loses it to like Iwamoto early next year, and then <laughs> you like you bring back Junior Battle of Glory, have Hayato yeah. win, and then he beats Iwamoto. Yeah, mm. we'll see. I'm not in love with all of those options, but we'll see. <laughs> okay, uh, so then on October fifth in Shinkiba first ring, we've got the New Age crossover jump over, which is Hayato's young guy show that he asked for, which looks really good. Uh, so we've got you may. Oh, sorry, uh, I think you mean jump over. Yeah, jump over. <laughs> uh, and then so we got Yume Oyagi and Takuya Nomura versus Yuma Anzai and Ayato Yoshida. We've got Hokuto Omori versus Takahiro Katori, who is from Freedoms and does some weird gimmick that I'm not exactly sure what it is. We've got Ryuki Honda, Daiki Shimomura, and Koju Takeda versus Soma Watanabe, Jun Tansho, and uh, Imabari Towel Maskeris, which is some mask gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Ryo Inoue and, and Issei Ise Onitsuka versus Fuminori Abe and Dan Tamura. And then just announced today is Rising Hayato and Atsuki Oyagi versus Mao and Rukia, which should be wild. Yeah. That that one should be absolutely wild. I'm I'm really looking forward to the show because I think these like young guy shows generally deliver because mm-hmm. they look all hungry to show off and everything. And mm-hmm. obviously, like their bodies are still like kind of like they can just kind of throw themselves into some wild shit, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I think this is this is probably gonna rock. Yeah, and then so on October eighth in Yamagata, 
You've got Yuma Aoyagi, Kento Miyahara, and Suwama versus Jun Saito, Rei Saito, and Kono. So that could that be some sort of angle? Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's something. I mean, I I don't like. I really don't know what the fuck the point of Voodoo Murder is anymore. So like, I feel like they have to do some sort of angle mm-hmm. soon to like justify them still like existing, basically. This match has some other very interesting tag matches: Yuma Enzyme, Rio Inoue versus Hideki and Takuya Nomura. Yeah, that that one's gonna rock. And then Atsuki and Rising Hayato versus Hikaru Sato and Koji Iwamoto. I mean, wouldn't that be more fuel that Sato might be winning? True, true. Because you can easily set up a tag title, uh, uh, a junior title match out of that one. Yeah. And then October 9th in Kakuda for the World Tag Team Championship, we've got Yuma and Kento versus Jun and Rei Saito. Paul, are they winning? I think they might be winning. I don't know. <sighs> no. They're do- they're doing a bus from the train station to the venue for this show because <laughs> Kakuda is the Saito's hometown. Yeah, but like, no. <laughs> I don't know. Like it do you really want to make him double tag champions? Well, they they have a I think they have a defense in great before that, if I'm not mistaken. So they're like losing up basically. Yeah. I don't I like I said, I enjoy the sides of what they are, but I don't think they're at that level. Mm-hmm. Because, like in all Japan, with the title, you actually need to draw. Right, right. I don't think the Saitos are draws, mm-hmm. and you also need to like. And there is also a certain like standard, like working level standard that I don't think they can fulfill. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. if you just look back for like the history of that title, like, did we ever have that title on like real stiffs? Oh yeah, there were. I mean, yeah, what, like a triple trial. Yeah. I mean, I believe Kenzo, Kenzo, and the Great Muda were champions. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, like, I think Muda, like Kenzo, yes, but like Muda, you almost have to like exclude from those kind of like sure, sure. calculations there, because like Muda is like literally like a draw like ten times of like both sides combined. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the only other match announced so far for that show is Suwama, Dan Tamarin. Rio Inoue versus Quiet Storm, Hideki Suzuki, and Koji Iwamoto. Such a random ass team. Yep. And then, uh, well, we're going to have to dip into DDT because on September 18th, no, wait, there's a match before then um, involving all Japan guys. It's this weekend, I believe. Um, Let me see here. It is Atsuki Aoyagi and Dan Tamara, which is an interesting combination versus... um, is it Yuki Ueno and who else was it? I'm, I forgot to write it down. Now. Um, I yeah, oh, I did see the match. Toy Kojima, Toy Kojima. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, I think this weekend at Korokin. And then on um June 18th, it's in an exploding current blast death match. It's Yoshitatsu <laughs> and, and Sushi Onida versus Akiyama and Katara Suzuki. I think it's time to end this. All later. I hope so. I hope it is. I mean, you never know, but it's 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 time, and this just feeds into the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I think this is like a really good opportunity, and again, Onita has has already died, nearly died multiple times. Like he had here, heart, like I think, heart surgery. Yeah, exactly. Like I think, I think, yeah. If I'm all Japan, I'm like, you know what? If you want to go die in the ring, sure, but like, don't do it here. Yeah, <laughs> because it'll be one thing if. He dies in a ring in some 
sleazy ass vegetable market. Mm-hmm. But if he does in the ring of any company that has any sort of name value, that's not good. No. And because especially because this one had like a lot of like warning signs, essentially. Like this exactly. isn't like the Misawa thing where like it's a freak accident. Well, like this Vito really? thing is like he's kind of working himself. Yeah. There in a really macabre way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um that's pretty much everything I think at this point. I'm just looking at the All Japan website to see if we missed anything. No, I will say I'm very excited to watch All Japan. And no is in a weird place, but I yeah. think they could quickly improve or they could quickly get worse. Like they're on that like which way to go mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean that rest is so talented. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. It actually just needs a few like they could actually turn on a dime and actually be kind of like I don't know if they could get hot. Like I don't know if they can get there, but like like I said, that roster is like so talented. Like I think like for example, I feel like we would feel very different about Noah if like basically if like all of the like upcoming like title challenges all win, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if Go beats Jake, if good looking guys win the tag titles, if Seiki Yoshioka wins the junior title, if Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf like win the junior tag titles, then I'm looking at that and I'm like, you know what? Actually, like all of a sudden I like like all of the champions in Noah. Whereas right now it's Doc Noah, it's it's Wagner is like the only one, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And any other final thoughts before we go? Uh no, I think just kind of summed up the thoughts on Noah and yeah, all Japan. Clearly hard. Really look I like the one thing I will say just is uh because we saw like the year yogi and everything. Mm-hmm. I am really looking forward to going to that venue December 31st. I think that's gonna be really cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we made it <laughs> after <laughs> uh, a sort of two-part uh, episode uh unexpectedly. And so uh we will be back after the big shows uh next weekend, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, talking about um well, I think there'll be a lot coming out of that Noah show too. I think maybe even more than the All Japan show. Yeah, no, I think we're going to be in for like a few big angles here. And yeah, and then I think after these shows, when the next time we record, we will have a really good idea what both promotions are going to be doing for the rest of the year. Yeah, so definitely. So we'll see you in a little over a week. So take care. Music, it's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.